Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this, the Legion of Myth Weekly Live Stream. Episode number 156, 30 on March 2018, coming at your face so quickly that you want to duck, but don't, because you'll miss out on a refreshing sensation for your brains, which is I, Garthon, and my co-host, Heathen Dog. Hello, everyone. I still hope we find you well. That's right. If not... And if you were here in the beginning, then you get that. That's right. But if you're not feeling well, you should be well. You should pull yourselves up by whatever you're wearing on your feet or not wearing. Bootstraps, sandal straps, whatever kind of straps you got. Find a strap, put it on, and then go and be better than you are now. Even if you're doing well, you should be better than you are now. Because that's all life is, my friends. A continual struggle against that which is, to that which you must have, that which you want. You just need to visualize a goal. You don't even need to know what your goal is. You just need to keep freaking moving. Life is like being a shark. You know what sharks do? Sharks keep moving. And why do they keep moving? Because if they don't, they will die. And they know it's like they keep moving. They live, they eat, and they look awesome. And that's what you need to do, my friends. <laughs> you know what? Uh, before you started your, your, your rant, I had a jockstrap joke, and I lost it. Oh. <laughs> Sharks don't need jock straps. No, they don't. <laughs> because because two reasons. One, they don't play sports, and two, no one tries to kick a shark in the nards. That's right. Which brings us to the question, do sharks have nards? The answer, no, they're fish. Fish have no nards. Dang. Do you know who does have nards? Wolfman. Wolfman, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the references are hot, heavy, and current. Oh, wow, oh, yeah. yeah, that's super current. Super duper current. So as always, everyone, I am Alex Garth on March with you is Brett Heathen Dog Grissomer. And this Dude. is the weekly live stream where we go over all the news you need from this week. It's true. That's right. So what news do you need this week? Well, Heathen Dog's Heathen Dogman has anime on the stream with Sword Guy and Overlord. Yes, I do. Guy. Isn't Gaiden? Is that short for Gaiden? That's that's the dude's name. Oh. All right, fair Guy. enough. Shouldn't that be like G-U-Y? You'd think, but it's Japanese, so this is this is the new guy. Well, in in, it, in Final Fight, one of those named Guy, and it's G-U-Y. That's Japanese. Well, maybe it was translated for an American audience. I don't know. Eh, who knows? Eh, you know, they used to translate things weird back then. Uh, and in Garthon's comic poll, we're going to talk about Detective Comics, number 977, Dr. Afra number 18, and Doomsday Clock, number four. Saving the best for last, I hope. I mean, they had, like, how many months to work on that thing? I don't know, like three. And in the RNG segment, we're going to talk about The Tick, season one, which has been out on Amazon Prime for a little bit now. And we're going to answer the question, is it worth watching? Great. We'll also answer the question I know was in your head. Is it That's better cool. than Star Trek Discovery? Yes. Hey, spoilers. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You haven't even seen it, and you're like, yes. Yes, it, it has is. has to be. I've, I've, seen poo, I've seen literal literal piles of poo that were better than Star See, Trek I Discovery. I wouldn't say that. I've seen ones that were more impressive. Hey, hey, hey. Maybe I've just seen more interesting piles of poo than you. That is very possible. I don't take the time to be selected. Anyway, so ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to give a special thank you to our top donors through Twitch, Baldahar, Kigu Starfish, Sean Butts, this guy, oh, and TJ Ria, 21. Treya? Treya. Sure. And through Patreon, Hicks206, Sheriff, and Algarian. Thank you very much. Please be sure to like this video, follow, and subscribe. Comment. We love comments. We yes, appreciate comment them. you. 
comment. Yes. Yes. Duncan I loves to comment. That's why he's I want a thumbs up or a thumbs down without a comment saying why you gave a thumbs up or why you gave a thumbs down. I want to know. Fair enough. All right. Thank you also. Streamlabs, our top donor is Baldahar. The Elder's Isolation Fund, Revitalization Funds, Heathen the Dog, the Little Nine and Cat Girl Armor, Spectfire is new to gaming. Our Twitch tiers, Zontrims, X-Aches on, Raven's Layer 38, Baldahar, Alan 51, Max Baldahar, oh, lots of stuff with Baldahar. Thank you. We love you guys. Uh, Baldahar and, gives, gave me a lot of games to mess with me. Yeah, it's because, well, that's because you are the Chekhov of Legion of Myth. <laughs> Heathen Dog must, must suffer. suffer. <laughs> Heathen Dog must suffer. Uh, everyone loves Chekhov, though. So, eh, nuclear whistles. As always, you can like, subscribe, and comment. Please do. You can follow us through Twitch, through YouTube, Reddit, Facebook, Twitter, Discord, Facebook Messenger, or join our Steam group. And the audio version of this is available through SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, and fine podcast aggregators everywhere. And in case you didn't have a pencil, write that down. We'll talk about it again later. You're welcome. Yay. As always, you can support Legion Myth through a generous donation through Patreon, Streamlabs, directly through PayPal. Uh, get your gear at shop.spreadshirt.com, much like uh, we are wearing, because we are cool. And, or cheering us through Twitch, so thank you so much for that. Yay. But as always, the opinions expressed in this episode are solely the opinions of the individual host or commentator, and are not representative of the entire Legion of Myth organization. While you make an effort to find a family-friendly atmosphere, there may be the occasional use of foul or even offensive language. Thank you for understanding and continued viewership. Ah, uh, is Dun hmm, is he the O'Brien? Hmm. 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 Well, on DS9, O'Brien. Let's see what happened to him. Uh, what I can remember, um, he was loaded with chronotons and jumping through through time and through through time. He was he a was, cloned and tortured cloned. by. He was cloned. And he was spent 20 years in a virtual prison his, where he murdered somebody. His daughter went to an alternate reality where she became an adult, came back. And came back all broken and messed up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he didn't. Yeah. He didn't do well. But he didn't suffer like – he didn't scream a lot like Chekhov did. Yeah, yeah. Chekhov had screams. Yeah. They were screaming. Yeah. Uh, uh, O'Brien was, was a, a war veteran. You know, he was, he was composed. He was tough. He was tough. Yeah. All this crap was happening to him. He, you know, he, he, took, a, he took it like a man. You ever seen those Lonely O'Brien comics? Those are good. Oh. You should. Oh, you should. You need to Google Lonely O'Brien. Okay. Some of them are hilarious, and some of them are just kind of sad. But you know, the, the original, like the first, like ten or twenty, were absolutely absolute comic gold. Anyway. So moving on to Heathen Dogs anime on the stream. Thank you very much, Garth. Man. Hello, everyone. Uh, today we have uh, one anime series from Netflix and one from Hulu, which is great because sometimes I just can't find anything really good on Hulu. So, you know, I don't want to I don't want to <laughs> give too much of a stinker. So here we go. All right, our first anime is Sword Guy. Okay, it's all about uh, um, wow, this is this a is a guy this and is, his sword. A guy and his sword. Yeah. Uh, um. All right. the the whole The whole premise of the thing is that Japanese spirits are not to be trifled with. You can't win. You're going to lose. I mean, the only way historically to stop a Japanese spirit is to put it inside an animal or some random little girl. And then until that animal or little girl dies, you, everyone's safe. And then you just got to do it again because you can't actually beat them. 
All right, now this uh, this this anime is based on the on the idea that weapons uh, they are something forged only to kill people. That's their sole job, which makes sense. That's the the sole job of a weapon is to kill somebody. Fair enough. But if a weapon is used to kill someone enough times, kill so many people enough times, it actually gains sentience, and it's always malevolent. It's always evil because it's used almost <laughs> exclusively in a malevolent way every time to murder murder folk. You know, for whatever reasons you think are justified, it doesn't matter. You're still murdering folk. So it's an evil act, so it creates an evil weapon. Now, these these sentient weapons, when someone grabs onto them, they automatically try and take over the, the body of the person who holding it and to get them to kill more people because that's what they do. They're, they're weapons. They kill people. So that's the whole premise of this anime. And let's get to the details. It was directed by Takahiro uh, Ekazoe, I guess. Sure. Sure. And uh, Tomohito Naka, written by Toshiki Inoue, uh, music by Kotaro Nagagawa Studio, Land Q Studios, which I've never, I've never. Uh, I don't remember hearing that name before. before. Yeah, DLE or pr and Production IG, licensed by Netflix, original network, of course, Netflix. Uh, the first uh, twelve episodes you can see starting uh well the 23rd of march which was what uh eight days ago yeah that's really yeah, yeah. yeah and of course it. you can yeah i was on this one i watched it all through the week i binged the whole thing and uh of course you can only see it on netflix because they pay for it now let's go and see our main characters uh main character guy ogata all right i guess he's the protagonist because this it's about him and he's but he's kind of a d-bag i mean he's mean he's short-tempered uh if you surprise him, he'll look at you with like, I want to kill you eyes. Sounds you know, like a stand-up kind of hero. Yeah, he's very unsettling. Now, uh, probably the reason he's like this is his backstory. Um, you know how in, in, a, in a lot of anime, you get, you get there's this one guy, whether it's the main character or a secondary character, whatever, who has... They, they, they tried to make his backstory, his or her backstory, the worst po worst imaginable backstory possible, like the saddest thing ever to happen, ever, to 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 make you invest in this character. Well, yeah, yeah. guess what? They outdid themselves on this one. They really did, because this is, like, gut-wrenchingly awful. This is what happened. All right. Um, his mother and father uh, married. Uh, he was a salary man. It's his mother... Uh, uh, she, she was due to give birth pretty soon. So she was staying at home and, uh, he, uh, stumbles upon this, uh, this sword now stumble upon is, uh, is the same thing as saying like the sword <clears throat> was, was actively trying to seek out someone to grab it so it can start a killing spree. Well, yeah. So he picked it up. It took him over and he started killing folk like all the folk around like he's in the middle of a city he 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 starts killing people wait so this does this take place in modern time yes it takes place in modern times all right because every he image starts, i've seen looks futile so just yeah, i understand ask. but he just starts well yeah, there's an explanation for that too but he just starts killing folk just killing folk everywhere and then uh he he goes he goes uh and uh he goes home and he's and his his wife ends up killing him to protect herself and and the unborn baby because she because he's going to kill her as well and then she she picks up the sword the sword wasn't calling to her yet but she picked it up to like 
you know, like, I don't know, but like move it or something. If she picked it up, the sword took over her. So she starts killing folks. She comes out of it for a second, looks at herself in the mirror covered in blood and just runs screaming into the woods. Where this man? Uh, uh, the, 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 the Amon uh, Ogata, I think his name was. Uh, he's a he's a swordsmith. Uh, he practices the ancient ways of swordsmithing. You know, fold it two hundred times, whatever Highlander type yeah. stuff. And he's he's in the woods, uh, uh, you know, just taking a walk around his property. And he sees a woman who had hung herself from a tree, an umbilical cord hanging out of her, and on the ground below her is a living, screaming baby boy holding on to. Uh, an infernal sword. Youch. Yeah. So that's his backstory. <laughs> so the baby's like, yeah! <laughs> can't do much about it. <laughs> that's his backstory. And uh, so the the uh, the uh, swordsmith takes him, adopts him, takes the sword, uh, realizes what it is, like, right away. So he doesn't actually touch it, touch it, but he gets it in a safe place. And uh, since he's a swordsmith and he's been doing this for, like, 40 years, or 20 years, I think, at that at this point, uh, he, uh, he he knows rituals to calm the blade, to stop it from actively seeking out someone to, you know, get it to kill, kill, kill. You know, so uh, so every once in a while he has to do this ceremony where you have to give the blood of a purified virgin or whatever and put it on this and quiet it down. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a thing. Well, anyway, uh, this latest ceremony. Where do you go to get day. that? Amazon? Cause I, Whole Foods? Sure he, Whole yeah, Foods would probably have it. Probably has that. They have everything now. Probably charge like fifty bucks for it too. Right. So uh, the the latest ceremony comes with is kale. going down, and uh, the uh, uh, the one of the one of the you're supposed to blindfold yourself so you can't see the the, the sword during the purification ceremony because it's actively trying to not be not be purified because it wants to kill. All right, fair enough. And uh, uh, somebody takes off his blindfold. He sees it, freaks out. The, the 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 purified virgin accidentally grabs the hilt because the because it was slipping, you know, because it slipped from the from the oh, purified geez. cloth she was holding it on. So she gets possessed for a second and and go, goes to kill the swordmaster. And guy gets in the way, gets his arm chopped off. Okay, that happened. So what does the swordmaster do? He decides it's a really great idea. Go to the next slide. He decides it's a really great idea. He reforges the sword into a metal arm and grafts it to the boy's stump. Nothing could go wrong with that. Nothing could possibly go wrong by attaching a demon sword to your adopted kid. His reasoning was, well, he was born with the sword in his hands. If anyone can wield this thing and and keep it keep it down, it's this kid who who touched it and still had his soul even as an infant. Yeah, I gotta agree with BT Mike and what logically to that. I mean, yeah, if you're I born don't... a crack baby, you don't say, hey, you're immune to crack now. Light exactly, up. Exactly, right? You don't do that. But hey, you know what? That's what happened. And uh, what happens after you put a demon sword on a stump and then you lose your temper? Let's go to the next slide. Oh, look, you get ah, a sword hand and start slicing everyone. That head. happens, yes. It uh, it morphs back into a sword and, and grows up armor thing on your arm, and you get all ragey, and you start you start killing folk. That's what happens when 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 you put an evil sword on your body. That's uh, that's literally the only thing that didn't shock me about, about this whole about this whole, <laughs> about the whole setup was the end result. Like, yes, of course. I mean, it's not like you're rolling the dice on this one. Pretty much sure of the conclusion when you start. Yes, exactly right. So that's why he's sword guy. 
sword ga fair enough his name is guy get it they put it together shades of witchblade that's true yeah a little, it's a little witchblade you're right it's a little, it's a little duck and i about this junk this sword volcanoes are a thing <laughs> volcanoes are a thing apparently uh uh if you if you actually destroy the vessel just just like the spirit an old gets Japanese to run spirit, free and the be evil released and then we'll go out and just It'll be even worse. Yeah, it'll be even it'll be even worse. At least then you could keep it away from people. But if you destroy the vessel, the spirit's released and it'll just find someone. You still bury it somewhere or something, you know. It, it'll it will call out. See, Japanese spirits are not messing around. <laughs> Japanese they, spirits are mean. Them are the hopping zombies. Yeah, they they're 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 crazy face. Now, let's let's go to uh, to the other main characters. The other uh, the uh, I'll never pronounce this right. Shoshidai. Shoshidai. Let's go with that. Show should I. Now, these are people who have been possessed by swords, but did not succumb to the bloodlust. I was going to say, do they have less evil swords? No, no, no. They're all, all of the, well, I, I, sh- I shouldn't say just swords because they're all, they're all weapons. They're all different weapons. Most of them are swords because this is Japan and most, yeah, people, most like cool weapons are swords. people like swords. But uh, they're all, you know, they're weapons. Now, th- these are people who have not succumbed to the blood rage and are able to control the weapon. Now they, they they fight uh, Busoma, which are people who succumb to the blood rage, and are now fully possessed by the sword. And you go, you kill these folk, and then you take the weapon, and you put it in a protective place, and you you know protect it. That that that's what this organization organization does. Hunts out people who hunts out the swords. Hopefully, like plan A is to get the sword and seal it up before anyone gets possessed plan b is kill the possessed guy get the sword and seal it up so no one else gets possessed okay so fair enough so uh they 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 re- recruit guy obviously because uh when he first transformed he he stopped himself from killing so he was able to control the sword now the these guys are on a clock all right they're on a ticking clock because there is no cure for this it's going to take you over you are going to become busoma at some point Lovely. it's different for everyone all right that's nice and hopeless go japan exactly they like i said japanese spirits not, <laughs> they're not to be trifled with they're they're gonna win it's like chinese right? love stories well everyone's dead in this movie everyone, everyone dies at the end and and, the, and the, no the one's ever happy get the girl in fact, if anything they, it's worse for everyone involved it, except it, maybe yeah. the bad guy maybe yeah, the, the evil emperor is yes. better for him yes yes <laughs> exactly right now they're not an evil group, but they don't care too much about people either because they they work with people who are basically you know gonna, gonna they're gonna have to kill them, you know, their 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 greatest uh, Shoshidai warrior you know has killed fifteen Busomas you know and 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 claimed twenty artifacts throughout the world and and is a hero. One day he's gonna turn and, and this they're gonna have to take him down. him down. Exactly, they just got to put him down. You know, so they're not very caring because they can't they can't afford to be caring. Fair enough. Fair enough. It is. Now, yes. the main antagonists, the, the Busoma, these are people who have been fully taken over by their swords and they, they get they get their body transformed into cool armor. Now, where a sword guy gets his arm, just armor, because, you know, the sword is his arm. Uh, uh, a Busoma who has been fully taken over uh, gets armor all over his body along with, you know, then you get the weapon. That's a really wiggly sword. Yeah, yeah, they're all different. They're they're all they're all from uh, from different lands. They're all from different times. It's just they've killed enough to gain sentience. That's all. That's Fair the enough. only prerequisite. So it can be from any culture. Duncan Idaho says, "You know what to help with these big electromagnets." Yoink! 
yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, now uh, Busoma are driven to kill humans because the sword, you know, who is the, the the now the animating personality of the body, just wants to kill people because it's a weapon. It, it's its for, it's it's, that's it's, its purpose. function. Its purpose. Its function is to kill people. Now the throughout the throughout the season you get the you get the idea that these Busoma are actually you know they're not dumb you know once they fully take over a body they are intelligent and they seem to be working together to some kind of master plan which isn't fleshed out which is good because you don't want you know the the bad guys to reveal everything in the first season yeah you don't yeah, want that yeah so uh, yes they seem to have a master plan which is which is good good for them i guess now what did i give this i gave this 3 stars all right, and I'm, I'm going to tell you why. It's good. It's not great. Now, the the plot was novel. I mean, uh, you know, uh, evil uh, evil weapons that uh, that take over your body either instantly or slowly. The only people who could fight them are the people who are going to die slowly. It's very Japanese. It's it's very uh, sad, and it's. Uh, true to form now the action is good except for one aspect i have that i have that below but the actions uh generally is is excellent there's no body morphing there's no wall effect nothing like that uh season one it was it was written in such a way where it was an excellent setup usually netflix has trouble because they they use the shotgun effect and you know whatever sticks sticks right so they're not really thinking about season two this one when they were writing season one they were thinking about season two so uh, it was written very well to set up for even more action in season two, which is great. Ducanado has a question for you. Okay. Where exactly is the cutoff for evil weapons? Should a butter knife also get a spirit whose function is a butter toast? No. No. That's because that's not a weapon. Because uh, butter knife does not take lives. It, is, it was not made as a weapon. It's a knife for butter. Butter is not a person. Butter's not uh, alive. You, you do not have malevolent feelings towards your butter. Or if you do, you need help. That's not a thing. Yeah. Anyway, uh, in the animation, the Busoma, they're all CGI. The only thing in here that's CGI are Busoma, which is visually jarring. It really takes you out of the of the moment. You're like, oh, God, it's like nails on a chalkboard type thing. And generally, it has really has poor character development. I mean, you get some backstory, but as soon as backstory happens... You don't the, the characters don't grow throughout the season. Nobody changes really because of events or things that have happened to them or things they have done. No one really grows or changes, which I thought was just a, a, a dropped ball on that one. Yeah, yeah. And the main character is unlikable. Now there's reasons. Obviously, I told you the reasons. Yeah, for he's that. had a kind of a rough go of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's had a rough go of it, but still having an unlikable main character who's supposed to be a hero, I guess a good guy at least. Yeah, it makes you not want to watch the thing. Exactly. It, it, it makes it a little harder to watch. So, yeah. yeah that, that's why it's why it only got three stars. But nah, that, that's fair. That's fair. You know, yeah, if, if, you, uh, if, if you like action flicks, if you like, uh, if, if you, uh, like uh, uh, Japanese spirit, you know, horrible ending pain and tragedy type, type deals, this is for you. It's a good deal. Very All nice. Right. My second anime, Overlord. Overlord. All right, this is based in the year 2126. Now, Overlord is a uh, is a is a uh, based off of a video game. Uh, one of the it's very much like a Sword Art Online, where it's it's a full dive type thing, where you go into a full uh, VR environment. 
Okay. And, and it was the most popular one of its time. All right. It, it, due to high ability for the player to interact with the game and player freedom throughout the world. Now it went for a 12 year run and then the game servers were shutting down. Well, uh, there was, there was one guy who for the last 12 years spent all of his time in this game and he's the last one left in his guild. He says, you know what? I want to be on the servers until they shut him down at midnight. And then midnight comes along and then he's still there and he can't log out. Oh, that's oh, not good. We're, oh, we're trapped in a video game anime. Yes, we are. And we'll give you the details right now. Directed by Yayuki Ito. Now Yuki Ito, sorry. Uh, written by Yuki Sugawara. Susugawara. Music by Shuji Katayama. Studios Madhouse. Licensed by Madhouse Entertainment. Funimation. Anime Limited. Uh, the original networks were a laundry list. ATX, Tokyo, MX, Sun, KBS, TVA, BS, 11, MSB, MBS. Uh, original run July 7th, 2015 to, to present. It's, on, it's in the middle of the second season right now. Uh, currently, there are 25 episodes and you can watch them on hulu now let's get to the main character main character is momonga or as he's now called himself Ainz Aogun. now he's the lead he was the leader of the in-game guild called Ainz Aogun. all right now this uh this guild originally was 41 members and they were all power gamers so this was the strongest guild in the game all right all right and they had the, all the coolest stuff. And he was the guild leader. All right. And it seems uh, he was the only one in his guild who was on during the server shutdown. Everyone had, during the 12 years, had quit, moved on, you know, moved on to other games, stuff like that. And he gets it. He doesn't feel betrayed or anything. You know what happens? You know, he's the only one there for shutdown. That's fine. Whatever. Fair enough. Fair enough. And uh, when the shutdown happened and then he couldn't log out, he couldn't get any GM response in, in his console. He couldn't bring up console. You know how, how in a sort online, they could bring up a console, yeah. you know, in the, in the anime. Well, he can't even do that. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he can't get out. And so he's, he's trying to figure out, okay, what the hell, else, what the heck else is going on? That, that that's pretty much season one is trying to figure out what happened. Now, uh, there was some, there were some mistakes he made right off the beginning because he, didn't realize what exactly was going on um he went out into the world to check it out the, even the world was different like his his uh his guild zone basically is his guild zone was dropped into a brand new world it's not the same world as the game he was in before just seconds ago oh it's a completely different world and he's he's looking out and he's looking at it going huh this is new and one of his one of his NPC minions who now interacts, who now speaks, and you can interact with, was saying, "Yes, per, perhaps this uh, this world was created so so the the master could take its treasures." And he went, "Yeah, that's probably it." Yeah, yeah, why and, not? Yeah, and then that sent his min- "Oh, we're gonna conquer the world!" Yay! All of his minions were like, "Yay!" Yay! <laughs> I was like, "Uh oh, oh, <laughs> that oops. sounds awesome." Oh crap! Oh crap! Okay. Anyway, so uh, he uh, during the during the first part of the first season, he wants to find if there's any real people. He figured there has to be there had to be someone else who was online on at shutdown and got trapped like him. He can't be the only one. He knows he's right, the only one. Someone else has to be. There's, there's other crazy so, people are going to stay on. Exactly. Now, since since Ainz Algon was the was the 
strongest guild in in uh, in the game called Yggdrasil. Uh, he decided to rename himself as the guild's name, and he told his minions that this is because I am the last of the supreme beings left. So I now encompass the entire guild. I will take its name. But really, uh, he wants he wants to spread. Uh, his influence across this world, and if he does it as Ein Zalgon, then anyone who is trapped in the game will know that he's real. Ah, oh, fair enough. Yeah. So, uh, who else is who else is with him? Well, all the NPCs. Uh, go to the next slide. We got the Guardians of the Great Tomb of Nazarek, which is his his guild zone, the Great Tomb of Nazarek. Now, these are the NPCs that guard the the his his guild zone. There are floor guardians. Uh, there, are, there are eight of them who guard the ten floors of the guild. And there are area guardians. Uh, guardians who, who uh, guard specific areas on a floor. High, pro, high protection areas like uh, the treasure room or the weapons vault or the teleport area or whatever. You know, really important parts of the floor get their all own right. guardian. All right. Makes sense. Right. Now, all of these all of these are now fully interactive, like, people. They're, uh, when, when the server switched over or shut down and the world didn't go away these people woke up they now interact like like they were real people hmm. that sounds kind of neat yeah but they they uh they think and act as they were written in their backstory so they all worship Ainz Algon as a supreme being good and gig if you can get it it's a good gig if you can get it exactly right yeah so, uh, so he's got, he's got, uh, all these high, and, and these are all world class level minions. I mean, these are not like, Oh, just jabronis. Who, right. These aren't yard trash. These are the good. No, no, guys. no, no. These are not trash mobs. These are, these are like, you know, these are bosses End level boss level, you know, type type minions. All right. So there, there's, there's no messing around. Now I was trying to think of main antagonists and really the only one is the whole world. The new world he's in, we got a map of it right here. Uh, when when Nazarek was transported, uh, when the server shut down, it was transported to this world, which is not the same world, completely different world. Now, generally, this world is weaker than the one that 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 they were in from the game. So, after after halfway through the first season, when when he sends his minions and he even goes out himself to search the world to see what's going on, he realizes that wow, these guys are a joke. They are no threat to me. I mean, to anything, to any, the, the weakest of my guardians could take out any of their armies. Wow, dang. So, you know, he, he, he goes out and uh, uh, he starts spreading the power base of, of, uh, of uh, Nazarek. You know, uh, he, he, uh, uh, um, he gets an alliance with the human empire. He, uh, he takes over a, a, a lizard man uh empire he, he unites all the tribes under his banner and hey, they worship him as a god now you know stuff like that you know there, there are all kinds of as you can see from this map if you want to do it full screen you can but you don't really have to uh there are several kingdoms several different kingdoms uh some of them are human kingdoms some of them are demi-human kingdoms some of them are very very few are a mixture because apparently humans and demi-humans don't get along in this world but uh yeah his uh uh, he wants to expand his influence to try and find someone else from the world. Now, uh, place of note, the Great Tomb of Nazareth. Now, this was neat because it's not just a guild zone. 
originally in the video game, this was the highest level dungeon in the game, but it was special. The, the game developer said, hey, anyone who beats this in one go, like without having to restart, like there's no, no team wipes allowed. Yeah. Right. Can, can claim it as a guild zone, but it will remain PVP, which means you still have to defend it from other, other guilds who want to attack you and they can take it over. Now it was it was conquered by the the Einzalgon, uh guild and turned into the PV, PVP guild zone. Now they 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 were attacked all the time. One the very best attack was uh, they were attacked by several other guilds that formed an alliance. There were fifteen hundred players attacking this place at one time. They got it to the sixth floor before they were all slaughtered. Remember there are ten floors. Yeah, that's so pretty. They got over halfway. So good job, guys. No, when. when uh, the, there was a there was a uh, a saying in the game, Ein's Algon does not know defeat. They were the most powerful guild in the game for a reason. They had forty only had forty one members, but each of them was a min maxer power gamer. Just yeah, they have to be. Oh yeah, dead dedicated every waking moment that they did not have to work or sleep to the game. So this guild was beyond powerful that's why all of the all of the minions all of the floor guardians area guardians they're all they're all end level boss they're all end level boss you know monsters you know that's that's why because they put all, all 41 people put everything into this game right yes so what did i give it i gave it two and a half stars i'll tell you why first i want to go over to the good part it sounded Actually, pretty awesome it sounds awesome, yes, but except it also it has, sounds like kind of nothing happened. It, ha, it has some flaws. I'm gonna get into it now. It has good action uh, when there is action. The you know like uh, it's you know it's well drawn, it's well animated. There's no body morphing, you know all the stuff I hate. Uh, the characters are interesting. Uh, all of the all of the NPCs, uh, all of the floor guardians, all the area guardians. They all have they all have fleshed out personalities and and backgrounds, and they all react. In, 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 uh, in interesting ways and, and he figures out that uh, the, the NPCs can change due to, due to interactions with the world and him so he makes sure that you know he gives, he gives as much carrot as he does stick just to keep them still worshipping him and it has a novel plot usually in these trapped in video game stories lots of people are trapped in the game with you and you know who the player characters are in this one, it's just one guy. Everyone else is an NPC, to, to to his perspective. So you know that that that's that's a divergence from the norm. That's true. From SAO or Log Horizon. Yeah, so they made it sound very interesting. That also makes sense why he'd be like an overlord in that case. Exactly right. Now, as lots of NPC growth interactions, because that's literally all he can interact with, is NPCs, because that's all they're up. So obviously, you know, they they didn't drop that ball. You know, they, they, they show the NPC growth with when he interacts with them. Now, here's the bad parts. It's the weakest of the trapped in the game genre that I've seen. All How right? many have you seen? Uh, Four. Well, four. if Sword Art is all one thing. Yes. No, no, no. I'm, I'm talking four, like Sword Art Online, Log Horizon. Oh, that's uh, right. Another one that I can't remember. You no, know, you're right. Now. There's been more than yeah, yeah, And this one. Sword Art is probably the best one of them, really. Sword Art probably it, it's definitely the most it's definitely the most famous. But uh, I think I think Log Horizon is, in my opinion, is is better than Sword Art Online, but only by a touch. 
Anyway, uh, th this one is the weakest. Uh, why is it weak? Because the pacing is slow and it keeps jumping focus. I mean, uh, uh, it'll go from, from focusing on the main character, it'll jump just suddenly to the princess in an empire far away. Then it'll jump to the, the lizard people's uh, some peasant in, a, in, a, in, the, in the lizard people land. And then it'll jump, jump back to, to Ayn's Algaon. You know, it'll do that. And it, it seems, it, perhaps if it were a novel, that would work. But in an anime, it just didn't jive. It just felt too disjointed. And the main character has way too much internal monologue. It was very Dunish. I mean, well, not, not Dunish like, I know everything you're going to do type thing, but Dunish like, man, you got to go through a whole you know, three pages of just this guy talking to himself type, type thing. And that yeah. happens a lot because he, he has no one else to talk to. Right. So he has to have his internal monologue, but it did, it wasn't necessary. And it really, it really slowed everything down. So that's the real big problem with this. The pacing sucks. There is so many slow parts. I had to fast forward through so much to get through this thing jeez so two and a half stars is if you like the trapped in a game genre you'll probably you'll probably think this is good if you don't like the trapped in the game genre or are not familiar with it for some reason i would go with something else i would go with sora line or log horizon definitely fair enough yeah. but there you go there's my heathen dogma well thank you the dog that was some food for thought. You always bring up some interesting anime for me to think about watching. So thank you very much for your reviews this week. You didn't love either of these, but you know, hey. Eh, that's that's alright. That happens. And to get more Heathen Dogma, you can check out Heathen Dog on YouTube. Check out Heathen Dog's Heathen Dogma segments. Just go to YouTube. Type in Legion of Myth and find him. Subscribe to Legion of Myth and you can look at all his videos. That's right. uh, his anime RPG segments. His team-ups in Warframe and Star Trek Online with Garthon. That's me. That's right. Uh, check out his past streams. Uh, too many to name. There's They're hundreds. All there. They're all there. Watch them. They're Good stuff. In Star Trek Online, Monopoly Plus, This War of Mine, Amnesia. Uh, all there, the Amnesias, there, all the Outlasts. There's there's a game not on there, though. I don't know why. Stop it. <laughs> uh, this War of Mine was great, though. I, I really I enjoyed that one a lot. Amnesia yeah, was great, too. They all were great. Even Monopoly Plus was fun. That was, that was fun. That was it fun. was fun. All right. A was fun, too. Battletech. Well, actually, the Battletech game isn't released yet, but when that gets released, I'm going to do some videos. I know... You're going to do videos? Oh, okay. I, yeah. I mean, I know that uh, Max Leo was not impressed, but yeah, I, I kind of liked it. He was not impressed. But, yeah. He was not impressed because it was it was fast-paced, and he's, and he's used to the actual tabletop game, which was slow. Yes, yes. Well... Depending on how fast you can do the math, really. See, Mike likes it. BT Mike likes it. Yeah, but but they, they did actually it was a grognard who gets angered about newfangled things, you know, like combustion engines. So, right. and always check out Heathen Dog's personal stream Monday at 8 p.m. Central Standard where he's doing Overlord. That's right. No connection to, to the uh, anime. <laughs> Not the anime. Not the anime. But uh, but I, I do play an Overlord with minions. So right. there you go. Very happy to jump into the fire for you. Very happy to jump in the fire for me. Absolute loyalty. I love it. Love it. All right, thanks, Ethan Dog. Now, everyone, it is time. Yay, Garthon's Comic Poll! Oh, good job on your 100% win rate, Mike. That's nice. Anyway, today in Garthon's Comic Poll, where Garthon reads the comics, Garthon tells you about the comics. 
Garthon likes comics. We're going to talk about Detective Comics number 977. Or as the uh, book states, Batman, Eter Batman Eternal, Batman Detective Comics. Once men, now killing machines. Dun, dun, dun. A Batman production of a Batman Enterprises <laughs> Bat comic. All right. Uh, written by James Tinian IV. Artist is Javier Hernandez. That's a D. I can't type. Hernandez. Uh, Hernandez. Uh, Eddie Barrows and Iber Ferreira. Colors. A lot, of, a lot of artists, man. I'm telling you, it's a pretty thick book. Uh, colors by John Kellys and Adrian Lucas. Cover by Alvaro Martinez, Raul Fernandez, and Romulo Fajaro Jr. Yeah, I, a... I I've noticed that a lot of the comics that that you've been you've been reviewing in the last couple of months uh, have have been have had a lot, a lot more of Latin names. names. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and that is because more and more that's where the talent's coming from. Wow. It's just how it is, kids. Um, and that's there economically there's a lot of reasons for that um, because if they're getting artists from south of the border usually they work cheaper but also a lot of these guys um, are American you know they're just of different uh, Latino descents and they've grown up in America reading comic books and now they're getting into the industry you know okay. and things are you know they don't say what you're not a white Protestant you can't work in this business well I guess if you're Jewish it's alright you know that's not really happening anymore so <laughs> oh, good well, that's how Stanley Lieber became Stan Lee. Come on now. Mm. Um, so, I mean, anyway. just anyway, that's how you know the Man of Steel is written by two Jewish guys, but he's Christian. But a very Jewish Christian, strange enough. So, uh, this book is part of the Batman Eternal story arc. Detect the Batman book focuses on, uh, well, Batman. By himself doing bat yeah, stuff, really. and actually right now focuses more on Batman being sad and looking downward in the rain, standing on a gargoyle and wondering if Alfred or his parents loved him. <laughs> Which is why I don't read that anymore, because I actually want to read some action. In Batman Detective Comics, uh, it focuses on like the Bat family: Batman, the multiple Robins, Red Hood, Batgirl, Batwoman, Bat sure. Dog, Bat whatever you got. Whatever. There's actually a Bat Cow. There's not, not a bat cow. There is up. a bat cow. Not even lying. Not even a little bit. And it's still canon. It's still in the books. Stop. Just. Oh, we're getting a picture. No. Bat cow. Bat cow. Bat cow. Bat cow. Na 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 na. Bat cow. Come on, open image. New tab. There we go. Let's see this out. Bam! Bat cow! Oh, no. Don't do that to me. Don't do that to me. That's real. That's real. Oh, my God. He has, like, a bat over his eyes. Stop it. Not kidding. Even a little... Ah, oh, where'd it go? I broke the live stream. I broke it. Slaughterhouse party. That's great. Where'd it go? Stupid. Oh! oh no. Come on, come on, come on. That's what I get for messing around and See, going off script. See, that's what you get for showing Bat that's, Cow. That's what I get for going off script, I know. That's right. Sorry, everyone, for that. Technical difficulties. Let's see. Let's get some highlights. Here we are. <laughs> I apologize for technical difficulties. See, this is why I'm not allowed to go off script. There you go. Anyway, 
<laughs> bat cows aside, that had to happen. Bat cow needed to happen. Back, whatever. Bat cow did not have to happen. There's, Everyone there's, could have gone their entire lives without seeing it. There's also a bat dog. Crypto, I need okay, your please, friend. Let, let, let's talk about this comic. What's please. his name? I think he's King. I don't remember. Please. I beg of you. <laughs> I beg. Uh, <laughs> the rain trickled down my boots. My big black boots. I short little yellow rubber ones. One day I came home and tramped dirt through the manor. After this went down to the wine cellar for three days. Oh my god. <laughs> um, Batcat's not... Uh, no, he's not. You don't know. Batcat would fight. So... In this book, uh, recently they uh, they had established like a whole new bat training center, kind of like doing the international Batman thing. And Red Robin had set up a whole infrastructure for that. And part of what they were doing was rehabbing villains. And first up on the rehab list was Clayface, the current sure. Clayface, not the, anyway. Uh, Clayface, basically, he was a bad guy, but they figured that the, uh, the clay, he the makeup clay he used, actually affected his mind, and that made him more evil than he really should have been, that he actually wasn't a bad guy. And they actually started helping him out, and, like, removing excess clay from him, right? And, like, kind of, like, putting it somewhere, because they can figure out how to destroy it. And so he, he actually ended up... Becoming like a sign of a hero and helping them out, and becoming a better person, and falling in love with uh, with uh, one of the Batwomen, the uh, of course, yeah, the foreign one. I forget her name right now. But unfortunately, some bad stuff happened. Set up by a couple supervillains, uh, where they kept messing with Clayface, and they eventually like ended up causing. Uh, all the clay they had removed from him, it's like to, to moosh on him and turn him super evil again. He couldn't control it. He's like, ah, kill the city, kill the city. And they had information from the future that Batwoman would kill Clayface. And then... Why? Well, they didn't know why at the time. Oh, okay. And then that, then that uh, because of that, Batman would end up killing Batwoman. And that would cause, like, Everything to go go bad, right? Yeah, yeah, pear shaped. Hold right, on. but they couldn't. But they didn't know how reliable this information was. But while they went, right before the clay feasting happened, someone from this shadowy uh, vigilante type hero organization shows up to Batwoman and says, "Hey, you know what? Things are going bad. I know you don't trust this clay face thing going on, and you can't really kill him because of all the clay. But hey, here's a sniper rifle, just in case." And a bullet with, well, a few rounds that we've designed to pierce his clay and kill him right in the head. So, just in case, you know, something happens. Who's this person? Uh, too much to go into. But he's from an organization called Argus, I think. No, it was not Argus. Man, now I'm going to make you look it up. Oh, Argus is in a DC, well, it's in the Flash. Um, right. But I don't think it's Argus. Na, 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 na. Anyway, I have na, to na. I have to blow my nose. Okay. See, you go and you cause problems for me and then you leave me. Leave me all alone. Ha 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 ha. Anyway, 
So he goes off because they used to work together. And so when Clayface is up attack, goes nuts, attacks the city. They're like, don't worry, we have him contained, we have him contained. And they're like, Batwoman, don't kill him. And she's like not even listening to them. And right when Clayface is about to kill a bunch of people, she sniper rifles him right in the head. And he dies. And he dies in the arms of the other Batwoman, whose name I forget, um, where it's like the all-black suit. And just the woman who, you know, dies in the arms of the woman who loves him. You know, and she, of course, freaks out. All because, and uh, everyone's like, no, you idiot, we said not to do that. She's like, I had to just save people, I'm Batwoman. This is not the Barbara Gordon Batgirl. This is the original Batwoman. So... After that, you know, all the bat, the bat people are like, oh, you suck, oh, no, you suck, and they're all bad at each other, and she goes off and joins the uh, Vigilante organization, and she brings along uh, Lucius Fox's son, who is also a Batman now, and yeah, of course it sounds like a soap opera. That's part of the yeah. entertainment of it. And also brings along uh, Azriel, who was Batman in the 90s after Bruce Wayne got his back broke. Um, he was the Batman who liked to, like, you know, have big claws and tear people's hearts out until he was told, killing bad. He's like, oh, I guess so. Batman, Batman, 90s extreme. <laughs> he's kind of mellowed out since then. Oh, really? I hope so. Is he, he's, on the, he's on the happy pills? Well, he's kind of had counseling, and he has far fewer pouches now. So he's doing a lot better. Okay, great. Um, very feels this bad. There's a lot of bad people. You need, like, a program to keep up with all of them. <laughs> you need a spreadsheet. You need a spreadsheet pointer files a guide so that was kind of the setup for what's happened with this that's a lot of setup it is need to learn how to cut the hard of these better so red robin at this point is you know he's he was contacted with someone saying hey i can help you out and this issue starts with what appears to be, you know, he's in college hanging out with his buds, and all of a sudden some bad stuff happens, and the, uh, where is it? Well, all of a sudden these bad guys show up at the manor. Where is it? So... Basically, he goes like, hey, it was like, hey, have you heard the news? What? And it's like, the uh, Gotham's declared a no man's land again, and the president's finally signed the order. They're taking order against Batman right now. He's like, wait, what? And so he goes to watch, you know, to put on his Robin suit and watch the news. And uh, he gets surrounded by these guys in some strange, like, bat-looking craft. Okay. And uh, the people from the crazy organization, the vigilante organization, jump down there. They go through right through the grandfather clock, blow it open, roll into the bat cave. And uh, they just start, you know, unloading their super weapons. And they, and they're being headed up by Batwoman. What? And like, you know, Bruce, this is it. You just stand down. And I was like, you know, that'll never happen. I'll die first. She's like, fine. Then they all shoot him in the head and he dies. You can't <laughs> stop it. And, uh, Oh, the colony, that's what they're called. That's what the or, vig, weird vigilante organization is called. Okay. And, uh... And then, you know, she's leaving the Batman, or Red Robin comes up and says, Yo, how dare you, Kate? And, uh, 
they end up killing each other and it's all horrible. And then like the simulation ends. And it's the simulation. dude who should Yeah, of course simulation. You can't kill off Batman. That's how you know it's a simulation because Batman's not gonna die like that. He's <laughs> not gonna die like a punk. Batman has a plan for this already. Batman's not gonna die like a punk. And that's how Red Robin should know this guy's full of crap from the beginning. But he ends up talking to the guy who just at the end of the last t shirt was like, Hey, you need to come with me and we'll talk about this stuff. And it's like Red Robin's like, This is an interesting simulation, but where'd you get this data from? How could you project any of this happening? And the guy's like, Look. You just saw uh, the future. It's your future. I'm sure of this by the data I've extracted from the information we got from the future, from the future Red Robin, from the future you. And he's like, you just well, said future like eight times in one sentence. <laughs> right. Well, the guy's like, well, how'd you get the stuff? It's like, well, you know, I was a, I'm the arms dealer and head designer for the colony. You know, these bad guys. I don't like them, but you know what? They pay really stinking well, and I like to design weapons. Um, and also, I was, they're like, well, why the hell are you telling me this? He's like, okay, I'll tell you the truth. I'll level with you. I don't want to be an also-ran in life. I want to be, like, your level superhero, Batman, Red Robin. I'm one of those guys. And I've kind of run all these simulations. And uh, if I try to compete with you, I end up as a B-list villain. Every single time. Hmm. And so, look at all these alternate futures. I want to be better than an also ran in your rogues gallery. So I'm going to go with being your buddy and helping you out here, okay? So I'm going to be your guy. Right? Together we're going to get this. And unless we stop the colony... Yeah, I know they gave me a ton of money. but And I designed all their stuff. But hey, you know what? That's fine. I'm against them. I'm with you. That's why I'm telling you all this. We'll team up. We'll stop these crazy people from hunting down Batman and killing him. We'll stop this bad future. Saving the world. Together. Right? Sure. Right? Sounds we'll good. do our part. And Red Robin's like, that's a lot to take in. I don't know. Um, and this guy has this whole Overwatch system set up. Um, all sorts of crazy things. He's like, yeah, this is a little much. I don't know. I got to think about this. Like, all right. All right. Not hoping for i was hoping for yeah let's do this that's fine not the most excited to hear that but i understand it tell you what i still have eyes and ears in the colony i could tell i i know what batwoman's doing and her buddies i know what they're going through and right now they're they're going to do some stuff but hey you know what that's all right i'll keep you updated and you come back to me later figure this out he's like yeah 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 so he goes off, hangs out with Batman. I'm more prone to thinking of a future betrayer by the new friend. Huh. Well, it's more like... Have you ever seen the Cable Guy? Jim Carrey film? Yes. Are we really buddies? No. Well, that's the situation here. Um, okay, so... Red Robin ends up hooking back up with Batman... Saying, you know, Bob Beth happened. Everyone's at each other's throat right now. We need a little break. But, you know, I really just... I just need a, a night teaming up again. Good old times. Beating up some bad guys. Batman's you know, like, haha. All right, awesome. Kick off the cobwebs, whatever. Yeah, yeah you know, because Batman's taking out some um, an arms deal going down. When Tim approaches, he's like... He's like, you know, I know you might, you might want me here, but that's, you know... This is me asking for help. 
Batman just kind of says, all right, well, you can start by taking the smaller guy on the left, I'll take the guy on the right. It's like, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you came. It's like, oh, it's like, oh, good bat buddy stuff. Unfortunately, as this is happening, Mr. I want to be your best friend, uh, who designed all the weapons and stuff and designed his Overwatch system and designed everything for the colony, as two of the bat buddies go and start putting on their suits to go to a little patrol, as they load up, all of a sudden, uh, they're like, wait, something's forcing me to, I can't. And uh, you know, they see also like the big icon of their lo- his logo appears and says, sleep, I am in control. And uh, when they go to take down the minor arms dealers, all of a sudden these two nuts in cybernetic bat suits from the colony hop in with fully automatic giant triple barrel Vulcan cannons and start mowing them down. Sure. And while that happens, you can see the guy, you know, back in his office going, see, you just need to see what I have to offer, Tim. And I promise this is all for you. Oh, boy. Yeah, so he just got himself a stalker. Yep. A stalker who can who can make super weapons and is unhinged to the extreme. And you got to think, this guy ran future simulations where he was the bad guy and it didn't work out. This is his B plan. This is the, oh, this yeah. will be so much better. We're going to be best friends yeah. whether you like it this or not. Is ba- this is plan B. It seems pretty bad guy-ish. Yes, it does, which is part of the entertainment of it. I, okay. uh, I enjoyed this issue. The art was really dark, though, but it's a Batman comic. Um, at times it seems unnecessarily dark, you know, there's more than three colors. Why didn't new friend rest simulation ask him to be his friend? Because he thought it was a given. That's a given. Who wouldn't want to be his friend? Who wouldn't want to? Yeah, of of course. They were already friends in his head. That's right. I'm going to make you my friend. Yeah, that's what he's doing. Just had to put a name on it, you know? Wait till you see how much you need me after I kill all these people. See, that's classic supervillain thinking. It's also yep. super thinking of like, yeah, I saw this and I thought it was going to be a great villain, so I'm just going to be your buddy now. We'll be best friends. We'll stop crime together. Yay. Yeah. Okay, so he's nuts. I enjoyed the overall arc of the comic. I enjoyed the plot. I enjoyed where they're taking the different characters. There's some good characterization going on there. Um, the art was good, a little dark. Some of the scenes could have been set a little better, but the art wasn't great. It was pretty good. Um, but I did enjoy the book. So, I give it... Oh, I don't have everything hotkey. Again? Well, I have the stars now, at least. Boom! Three and a half stars. Okay. I really enjoyed it. Didn't super love it. But this is, like, on the edge. I'm, like, really... That's a really like, you know? Out of ten, I guess it'd be a seven. So, yeah, I really like this book. I, if someone said, hey, is it worth reading this book? I'd say, yeah. It's actually, as storylines go, it's a good jumping on point. It gives enough background in the books, you know what's going on, without too many details like I gave. Mm. Um, so yeah, yeah, three and a half stars. Okay, sounds good. Next, Doctor Afra number eighteen, written by Kieran Gillen and Cy Spurrier. Uh, artist is Emilio Leasso. Colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. Cover by Ashley Witter. Just a second, my headphones are back to me. You've been having headphone trouble. So, uh, this book, uh, I really, really am enjoying Emilio Leso's art. Um, it's not the same as cover artist, so you don't get a good shot of that. Wow. But I'm really enjoying this guy's art. It's dynamic. It's exciting. Um, it's fun to read. The guy just does such a great job setting up scenes. Uh, combat's busy. They're like, oh, God, there's stuff everywhere. But you just never at the point where you don't understand. 
there's a slight hum now because I have my headphones plugged in because my daughter decided to wipe out my headphones today. You can thank her for that. So that's life. We're just going to deal with it. We're going to roll on. So, man, everyone's complaining today. Hey, come on. The chat's not working. You're... Ground your daughter. That's how you punish punish somebody on stream, and then we can move on. Yeah, she's in bed. Well, wait, wait, wake her up. Drag her in front of the camera and take something away from her publicly. I'm not putting a young girl in front of a PC camera on live on the internet. So. What? What? You, you, think, you think that would make you a bad parent? No, I just think all the creepos would like to see that. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. All right. Carry on. Um, but. So Dr. Aphra's latest plot, uh, which are always entertaining and slightly evil. Yes is she's trying to track down information dealing with Monica. She's trying to track down some information, which is very hard, high level em- under high-level Empire security. Sure. Which is held, of course, in an Empire library in a computer co- data core so dense it creates its own gravity. Wow. It's freaking huge. It's That's in a space dope. station. Okay. All right. And, of course, the em- it's... The space is run by one of the Empire's heads of crazy weird weapons. You know, the guy the guy who wants to, like, make crazy cyborgs. And, like the you know, Death Star was a piece of crap. I could do better than that. Yeah, the Death Star, see, this guy's thing is like, what happens if I graft the bottom of an AT-AT to the top of a Wookiee? You know, that's his kind of thing. All right. So that's a little weirder, but okay. Yeah, this, this guy loves his weird mechanical human cyborg or alien cyborgs sure guy's a nut but he's the guard of the place so they've captured the see on the cover this twilic they captured mm-hmm. they capture they capture her and they're going to use her as bait so they go to the she doesn't like them because you know they captured her they're turning her into the empire say hey empire we'll give you this guy in exchange for some money they're like hey sweet come on down and when they show up there, the space station is surrounded by these weird uh, hyperspatial space jellyfish that if they pass through you, you're dead. Your ship explodes. Right? Okay. And they're like, oh, there's a big field of them because the space station is made to attract them and hold them in patterns. They're like, all right, we're going to give you exact patterns to go to, to get to the base. Do not deviate from these patterns or you will die, and we don't care. Like, okay. Sure. So they go, Got they're it. doing that. Meanwhile, Twilight Girl's like, you know you can't deal with the Empire. She's like, I know. And then when she leaves the room, they tell her, she like tells her crew, all right, all right. The rebel leader who they captured starts talking to Afra's crew. It's like, hey, listen, listen. These guys are going to betray you. This is bad stuff. You know what? The My people are going to be here to rescue me soon. And you know what? I, could, I know you guys aren't bad. I can tell. I'm hearing you guys talk. But, you know, you help me out right now. Help free me. And when my friends get here to rescue me, I'll put in a good word. You'll be fine, all right? Because we're at the Empire where the Rebellion are trying to help people, right? Right, okay. And after pops her head, and like, oh, you mean that tracking, that hidden tracker you got in your patch? Yeah, you know, maybe I'll turn that on right now. They're going through the minefield. Bink! She's like, wait, what? And as soon as they get the signal, you see the rebels. Ah, the signal turned on! I knew our captain would find it, and they pop in. They come at a light speed right in the middle of this thing. Boom. And... They're like, huh, because it's actually a great scene. He says, yay, we're going to see we're off for the rebellion. They pop in. Oh, God. This is like right when they're about to dock into the space station. And so the space station people are like, 
Oh, we got, oh my God, rebellion. There's rebel ships incoming. Launch fighters, launch fighters. And, you know, they start, everything starts happening. So they ignore the ship now landing in their shuttle bay. Sure. More important things happening right now. Right. And so they jump off the ship and she goes to, the rebel leader is still in handcuffs. Like, okay, we're done with you. You're fine. Like, you're not turning me in. Like, hell no. The Empire doesn't do turn-ins. They'll take you and kill us all. <laughs> you were just bait. I just needed your people to cause an explosion out there. All right. And so, you know, she's like, wait, wait, what? Well, well, I'll do my handcuffs. Like, no, you'll kill me. One of her crew's like, maybe we should give her a weapon since there's a big combat. Like, no, she will shoot us the first chance she gets. Or at least me. And that's the important part. So they make it to the... They go through all the stuff. They they start going through stuff. They make it to the computer core. While on their way there, they actually pass through a giant warehouse, which is freezing, full of, like, these twisted cyborgs that I was kind of describing. Add at Wookiees and whatnot. Yeah, add at Wookiees. Uh, crazy stormtroopers with fangs and tentacles. It's all sorts of madness. And they're like, whoa, it's like, all right, yeah, this is what this guy does. Dr. Afra's like, just like, oh my gosh, look at this work, it's incredible. I mean, it's, it's twisted and it's sick, but oh my god, look at it. Like, you know, you are wrong. It's like, I'm a scientist. The why doesn't bother me, so it's just the how. This is incredible work. Can't you, the artistry of it's insane. I mean, it's bad, it's evil, sure, yeah, but I appreciate the art for a second. You know, even her crew's like, uh, yeah, no, I don't. Uh, it's don't, pretty. Yeah, don't. don't I want to so. leave now, though. <laughs> it's like we're mercenaries. You seem a little more evil than us, like a lot more. Well, she's evil tendencies. Yeah. Uh, so they go to the the to the data banks. They get their way there, mm-hmm. and so she starts trying to like, okay, okay, running my trace program to find the data I need. And like, how long is it gonna take? She's like, well, we're dealing with the data bank, so dense it has its own, its own gravity. Uh, it's going to take a while to find it. Not sure how long. Meanwhile, in the outside, uh, the rebels are try- getting their butts kicked, pretty much, trying to find their way. And aboard their ship, unbeknownst to pretty much everyone, is the Imperial officer that's been having this running love-hate relationship with Afra. Like, they don't even know each other's real names at this Well, the officer doesn't know Afra's real name at this point. Okay. But they've been meeting and like kind of like shifts passing the night. Like they're def- they're attracted to each other and they want to they're like thinking about each other, but they're on opposite sides, you know, bad guy and well different kind of bad guy. Uh, yeah, got it. <laughs> well, she's totally dedicated to the Empire and believes it's a force for good in the universe. And while Afra's not a rebel, she's screwing with the Empire all the time and she's a bad person and committing crimes. Yeah. But she takes her, she kills the rebels aboard the ship she's on, takes over, as like hey. You know, I'm, you know, officer so-and-so, and blah, blah, blah. I have this thing under control. And they're like, great. Hey, your orders are to uh, set your warp core, on, uh, your core on overload to uh, kill all the rebels out there. She's like, damn it. Okay. And so she's, uh, but, you know, Afra can hear all the transmissions going on. She's like, wait, no, no. She pops in like, listen, you idiot. Don't get yourself killed for these fools. What are you doing? I know you love the Empire and stuff, but that's freaking stupid. That's stupid. She's like, what are you doing here? She's like, oh, God. And there's a nice little moment between them. Uh-oh. And so she, after talking to her, she, you know, she calls the ship back. She's like, you know what? That's a bad idea. Under Imperial, uh, Imperial Article blah, 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 section blah, 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 we're supposed to go and commandeer any available rebel uh, equipment, supplies, and information that we can. Now, I'm going to take this in to the station immediately so that we can download this. And I will, and if you do not accept, do not 
uh, agree with this, I'll be happy to accept the accolades on your behalf that will come from seizing this vast amount of rebel resources. And Afra's like, fair. you see Afra like this, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Like, uh, okay, very well. And then she says, oh, by the way, you have a group of, uh, of infiltrators currently aboard your base attempting to download data in the core. And then she's like, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, great, thank you. Yeah, that's she was like. <laughs> so, but the, um, so of course, like the alarm started going off. It's like, damn it, the they start unfreezing. You know, all the cyborg crazies. Oh, that's not good. That's not good either. No. Vichmai <laughs> says, find the story rather entertaining. Yeah, it's a great comic. Uh, so while that's going on, the I need to get the exact sequence of events because it gets it gets even crazier. Yeah, it gets the, a little fast paced at this point. At the very very end, where everything's going to hell, um, they're about to get a they get attacked by all this all the all the all the crazy cyborgs, and Afra sends off her team to go fight them. Um, she's a I'm, there's a big Part of her team are two cyborgs. One of them actually doesn't have a head. It just has like a disc, like a flat, like a neck, then head. It's kind of really creepy. And the comic starts with her like helping the helping the cyborg by fixing his cybernetic implants. And him and his lover, who's another dude, another cyborg. They're both full conversions. I don't think they have any real parts yeah, left. Maybe. Yeah, like, like, yeah, the one guy doesn't even have a head. He doesn't even have his. And she's like, this works. But she starts with him, like with her fixing him. When they start getting attacked by all the creepy cyborgs, she's like, "Okay, I need you guys." It's like, "It's like you, you composed to the, uh, the the boyfriend of the one she was fixing. I need you to run in there and do your explodey shooty thing that you do so well and stop them so we can get this done." He's like, "No, I refuse to help you." It's like, "What? What? You lied to us in the last mission and you nearly got my boyfriend killed and I refuse to help you." I bet side find that list of electrifying. Oh, it's terrible. It's like, I need you to do this now. It's like, I refuse. I refuse to listen to you. I don't care if you die. I will just surrender to whoever shows up. Like, look, I'm begging you to do this. Like, there's nothing you can say. Say to me, woman, I am an instrument of justice, not murder. It's like, fine, fine, fine. Everyone go back to the ship. Then you see her activate a button, and the other side where she held, was working this morning just jerks up and yells, advance, advance, and starts running towards the bad guys. Where he is instantly gunned down and murdered. Sure. The other cyborg, who is the super combat bot, you know, flips out yelling, no, leaps in the middle of everything. And you see why she said the explodey thing as he like every piece of him, like flips back and a gun barrel sh erupts and he just starts oh, wow. shooting everything everywhere. Right. It's a really great scene. I mean, I, Emilio Lacey did a great job with this. Well, that's going on. They go back to the core like, all right, all right, we're going to download, we're going to download, we're going to download. It's like the rebel leader who's back like, look, we're down. We need every every swing and fist we got. Give me a gun, I'll help you out. Like, oh, fine, give her a gun. Then immediately she puts to the back of Afra's head. It's like, like all right, here we See? go. Like, <laughs> Afra looks back, called it. And then right before she shoots Afra, the gun is shot out of her hand. And you see a voice right. from off panel says, seven hours. Seven hours Three minutes, 16 seconds. That's how long it would take for you to trace the information you're looking for through that data core. 
Even a fool wouldn't try that. And then they turn back and all the crazy cyborgs are there with the head crazy cyborg who is a head in a giant metal floating above like a giant metal cylinder with arms sticking out. It's like, it's like you didn't really think this through, did you? Okay. And then he goes, points and says, all right, take, take the rebel leader, kill the rest. Oh, and that's where it ends. Now there's a lot going on in this comp, but I love so many moments in it where people help each other out. There's betrayal. There's all these swift, they're going to die. Oh wait, but she did this. Oh wait. There's all these great things that were pre-thought out. And then at the very end, you get that. It would have taken six hours or seven hours or it was to get all the data. It's like Afra's smarter than that. Yeah. That's weird. It, yeah, I, don't, I don't think she would have put herself in that, right. in that position. So but. she was counting on getting captured because even if her plan, everything else had worked perfectly, they still would have said after the battle, hey, what about the ship that docked? You know, they still would have gone and tracked this person down within six hours. Mm. So I'm betting there's some other plot she has going on. She, she, because you start working some other stuff throughout the thing. So I'm really curious where this goes. This overall is a great book because it deals with the bad guy who's not pure evil but is very self-motivated isn't necessarily after wealth although that's helpful but it's mainly after pursuing her own ideas of freedom or information um, which puts her at odds with both the rebellion and the empire right. that's not to say she's a moral person by any means she is a bad person but she's a lot of times dealing with people who are worse than her yeah so she mega, mega maniacal or anything like that she's just you know, she has no scruples. Right. But, I, I, yeah. When you're comparing someone who um, commits medical insurance fraud, you say, oh, they're bad. And then you put them next to Hitler. Like, well, they're not that bad. That's yeah. kind of what's going on with Dr. Afrola. Like, this person's bad, but they're not that bad. Mm. And she's a libertarian in a way. Actually, in a lot of ways, she's very libertarian. Um she doesn't like she doesn't trust big government <laughs> any of them she doesn't trust she because the last time because part of the she actually ends up having a long conversation not very long with the rebel leader she's like oh rebellion rebellion she's like really you guys had the government before and you messed it up then too you think it's gonna be any better if you take down the empire and you guys take over it's gonna be just the same it's just you know the the empire puts their belief in fancy machines and you guys put your belief in a bunch of farm boys with laser swords Come on. How much better is that? So it... it so it, to be fair, laser swords are cooler. Laser swords... Well, I don't know. The Death Star was pretty cool. Laser yeah, swords are kind of cool. cool, but... You know... Farm boys with laser swords are not any basis for a system of government. But that same farm boy took down a Death Star with a single shot. So what are you going to do? That same farm boy couldn't kill a Darth Vader wannabe who was sleeping in his own bed. Okay, it's a draw. A draw? <laughs> anyway. so he, he couldn't kill his nephew. All right, come on. He tried. He's like, yeah, I'm going to go kill my nephew. Yeah. Well, actually, he didn't want to kill anyone. That's a different yeah. story. I was just trying to yeah. get a point. But the... And why couldn't he have flown down to the planet? He had a TIE fire, an X-Wing. We're assuming it was still working. 
Oh, man. He Maybe said he was never going to do that. Why plan. show the X-Wing in the water unless he's going to fly the X-Wing to the planet to do something? Right? I mean, mm. Chekhov, when speaking about writing plays, said, you don't show a gun over the mantle place in Act 1 unless they shoot someone in Act 3. You know, for God's sake. Basic story. Anyway, let's talk about a good Star Wars story. Doctor Jaffer, number 18, highly entertaining, lots of twists, lots of turns, exciting ending where you know something more is going on. I love the character that's been gone on through the whole series. Not every issue has been gold, but by and large, it's an excellent series. Um, I really liked this issue. Really, really liked it. Four and a half stars. Wow. Four and a half. I loved this issue. Not five star loved it, but it was close. Um, Right now, she has this weird ragtag team of mercenaries she's working with. Yeah, the story is crazy, but believable. I just love it so much. Luke liked messing with people. Yeah, I could. Yeah, yeah. Did they even read any of the extended universe books? I mean, for God's sake, those were so much better than any of the yes. movies. Yes, we all know that the whole Disney deal was a fiasco. No, well, I don't think that. I think that putting a guy who couldn't complete a television series in charge of the two biggest sci-fi franchises in America is the biggest freaking stupid mistake. I want to know the name of the devil he sold his soul to and what rate he got to be able to do that. That's all I'm saying. How the hell do you get in charge of Star Trek and Star Wars? The same guy. Oh my gosh, I can't freaking believe it. That would be like if I walked up and said, hey, you know what? I need to write Superman and Captain America at the same time and make all the Captain America and Superman movies. And they went, you know what? That's a fantastic idea. It is not! <sighs> Abrams is a hack. Next. Read Dr. Afra. <laughs> All right, next up. This is what I'm waiting for. <laughs> Doomsday this is, clock. This is what I've been waiting for. Literally months waiting for this. And it That's better be months. good. It Number better four. better be freaking good. You want the rating right now? Yes. Four stars. Right, I could that, be convinced that, four and a half. That, I could be convinced four. All right, good. All right. Issue number four of 12, written by Jeff Johns. Artist is Gary Frank. Colors by Brad Anderson. Cover by Gary Frank and Brad Anderson. Okay. Last issue had new Rorschach, uh, mm-hmm. Rorschach, Rorschach, whatever, getting thrown into Arkham Asylum by Batman. Yeah, because he's well, obviously nutty. Because yeah. he's obviously nuts. You can't argue with that. Rorschach is nuts. Newton he's Rorschach nuts. is nuts, too. Yeah. This yeah. issue is actually Rorschach's backstory. His entire, like, the argument for this isn't Rorschach. What the hell's going on? Blah, 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 blah. Right, right. Like, what the hell's the connection? How does this guy become Rorschach? Right. This explains it. Um, You see how he went from... It's not, of course, it isn't told in a linear fashion. There's a lot of jump backs. A lot of he's talking to this overweight uh, loser psychiatrist. Um, but through that, he actually doesn't talk to the psychiatrist. He refuses to talk to him. refuses to say much of anything. But while he's in Arkham, he's you see him like in his padded cell uh, thinking to himself, and he's like hearing voices. Or kind of like asking him his own questions, right? Mm-hmm. And he's going back remembering how he grew up as an only child. His parents didn't want to have more kids until they're better off financially. His dad was a psychiatrist. Um, his mom, I think, was a lawyer or something. But it goes off with that. 
it was all, and everything's told like a very Rorschach manner, like, you know, I was a kid. Never liked fighting. Never were good at it. Tommy held me down and made me eat worms. They wiggled. Wiggled as I swallowed them. You know, crazy Rorschach talk the whole time. Right. So, but he's going over that, and he talks about how when the incident happened in the original series in New York, and the big alien woogie showed up and killed everyone, he was, like, right on the edge of, like... The blast radius. The blast radius, right? Like, everyone, like, 10 feet in front of him died. Right? Everyone, like, at his level, he was, like, the closest one who lived. Everyone behind him died. But the ones who... Well, everyone in front of him died. Everyone behind him went... Where he's at and behind him went nuts. And a lot of the people went nuts. I think they said 7 out of 10 slit their own throats. <laughs> they were just done at that point. And he held it together better than most, but none of them held it together. Got it. So he ends up in his own world in an insane asylum. They're trying to sort him out. Of course, this is a Watchmen comic, so things are super dense, multi-layer happening at once, where there's stuff on the TV and people talking to each other. Uh, uh, Veet is becoming president, uh, also known as Ozymandias. He's becoming president while this is going on. Um, and he one day he just flips out in the insane asylum. He's going to jump off the roof to die. So he goes to the roof and he sees this naked guy kind of wrapped in a sheet. He's like, looks at him. He's like, the naked guy looks at him, older guy, smiles at him. Oh, you're going to jump to your death? Eh, it's a nice night for it. You could always try to fly. Then he like whips up his, like sheets whip open like these weird uh, veins, like bread springs, like, like looks like they're made out of bed springs. Then he jumps off the roof and flies off. And the guy, and the man to become Rorschach just kind of watches him, confused, as he flies into the night. And he has like an epiphany. It's like, why jump when you can fly? And the guy, before he jumps off, he tells him, oh, it's I, something that sticks in his mind. Something about how he, every time he closes his eyes, all Rorschach sees is death and tentacles and his murders happening, right, from what happened to him. But when the guy flies off, he tells him, uh, well, he says, I'm jumping, too. He's like, jumping? Oh, no. I can fly. They said I couldn't, but I worked hard and long. I learned the secret of flight, you see. I visualize it. I picture it right here. I see what I want to see. And what I see is what is. Well, then, I'm off. And the naked guy flies off. It's a great, great panel. So he leaps off. Um, and that is it, is it still in the old Watchmen style? Yes. Well, it, it breaks some panels, of course, but unlike the old Watchmen, it goes back to the art. It looks like it could have been from the original Watchmen, just better. So great stuff. The but that moment sticks with him, that he can see what he wants to see. And that actually helps him lead on the path to quote-unquote sanity. Eh. Manageable insanity. Right. Um, but at that point, it goes to the story of him becoming friends with the guy who was the moth in the original uh, superhero group that Comedian and all them were part of. Mm -hmm. And the guy's getting his butt kicked a lot, so the moth ends up training him how to fight in the style that Silk Spectre, Comedian, um, Uncle Sam, all those guys used. Yeah, functional insanity, exactly. So, because Moth actually was an excellent fighter, and he helped train all these guys. He's like, oh, you're not this, as big as so-and-so, not as fast, but trains them all their styles. That's who becomes, through all this time in this insane asylum, he has lots of time, learns sure. how to fight. Meanwhile, during this whole time, the Moth keeps 
every time he escapes, they end up catching him and bringing him back, right? Because he doesn't, like, run off. He, like, basically leaves to, like, collect some stuff, like, to get a soda, a few other things, and then lets himself get caught again and brought back to the insane asylum. Because he doesn't really want to be at an asylum. But through this, as Rorschach gets better, he starts saying, hey, um, well, better, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. He starts, they start going through information about what the incident was, what happened, and his father was actually... Uh, the psychiatrist involved in Veet's case and like psychoanalyzing people with that and they find out almost all of his father's files have been redacted missing and like okay there's something here going on we don't know there's some like underlying cause there's lots of I'm not going to over everything in the book but eventually he learns how to fight he decides that Veet Ozymandias is the cause of all his problems they figure out that Ozymandias caused the incident before everyone else does. And when he does it, he decides he's going to kill him. He has to. Right? He's the only thing that'll bring closure to his life. He's responsible for everything bad in his life. His parents being dead, everything being dead. He needs to his in cracked sanity, he needs to do this. Yeah. I get it. So they end up uh tor- uh torching the place and leaving. But as they're leaving, the moth kinda like turns back it's like, like, come on, we're, we're leaving. Moth looks back. It's like, well, it's beautiful, isn't it? As he watches the place light up in a giant inferno. Oh, he's it's, a moth. So uh huh. He says it's, it's calling me. You'll you'll be fine on your own. I just need to go back for a sec. And he unfolds the wings and flies into the flame. And he dies. Already. But he left a care package with Rorschach, which basically includes the mask. Which he pulls out and says, like, there's a great little panel where he pulls out the mask. The first time I saw the mask, it smiled at me. And it looks, it doesn't look like an obvious smile, but you can kind of see it if you want to see it. Squint your eyes, turn yeah. a little to the left. Yeah. yeah it's it. a happy pattern. So he puts it on, but basically the note gives, basically it's like, I, I wish you luck. I hope this works. I don't think I could function out there. I can't. I'm institutionalized. I'm, I know I'm not going to make it with you. So good luck. Here's everything you need. So they were able to figure out where Veet was hiding out. So he makes his way to the north in this hidden lair. He gets up there. And he finds Ozymandias. His back's to him. He pulls out a gun. And Ozymandias tells him, Rorschach? You can't. No, he's dead. Kind of looks at him. You look just like him, though. We'll go ahead and shoot. Might as well. And he pulls up a scan. Inoperable tumor, right in the brain. The only person I trust to operate on it is, oddly enough, me. <sighs> so you might as well. And he's just kind of shaken by the, oh, this isn't how I thought this was going to go. He's like, look oh, at man, you. Man, you took away all my fun. Yeah, pretty much he starts looking at him. You're suffering from hypothermia. Dehydration. I could tell this by looking at you. You're about to pass out yourself. Look. Let me... And he ends up not trying to be buddies with him, but explaining to him, like, hey, kind of explains the situation to him. And they he agrees to help him fix things. Right? He still hates Veet. Doesn't trust him. But they kind of have an understanding that he's the one who could help him solve the problem. Um, it's a pretty moving scene. I'm really, really glossing over a lot of it. Well, you don't want to give everything away. No, I don't. I want people to read it. But while that's going on, 
Uh, most of this is memories, of course, of the current Rorschach sitting in his jail cell. And while he's going over this, you know, he's kind of talking about while he's remembering escape, uh, him and Ozymandias going out to like try and fix things, to try and go to a new world where they to find Doctor Manhattan, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. As it cuts to him in his cell, and this woman pokes her head through the bars, and it's like, huh? It starts. You start seeing. You start seeing voice bubbles like he's been seeing, like Reggie, Reggie, which is his real name. It's like maybe before I call you John Doe, you see an actual bubble. Look, I'm Jane Doe. I've been in your mind for a few days, and whoa, that is a busy place. Uh, we need to get out of here before it's late, and I won't be around here for much longer. And he asks, you know, as the door opens, who are you? Oh, I'm a friend. So some crazy mentalist, maybe even actually hint that it might be a manifestation of of part of Dr. Manhattan is letting him out. Which is co- which is shown against the scene of him and, like, in his own world in the past, of him and Ozymandias going out into the Arctic to try and find Dr. Manhattan. And the scene right after that is in the Batcave where he says, yes, certainly. Did Master... Sir, uh, sir, um, you see the voice was like, uh, you certainly did, Master Wayne, as I stated. I wouldn't have left him... Uh, I wouldn't have left someone like him alone in Arkham. He knows too much, and we don't know enough. The panel for it said, hmm, looks like I certainly underestimated Mr. Doe. And then you see in the Batcave, like, the psychiatrist has been interrogating him. You actually see, like, the mask and the eyeglasses. That, that, that was actually Batman the whole time, trying to get information. Try, so basically, when Bat was a douche last issue... He was just trying to set up a safe place for him to be so he could interrogate him anonymously to try and determine things. So I kind of I get that. Sure. That's that's more bat smart. I'm down with that. But Batman also encountered someone like freeing him, mm. some weird extraterrestrial mentalist or something named Jane Doe freeing him. Isn't there a DC villain named Jane Doe? I think there is. I don't recall. I'm looking that up real quick. But, uh, you know what happens when you go to the internet and start looking up things? Well, that's only if I try and read it. Yeah, uh, yeah Jane Doe is from New Earth. Uh, while in prison at Arkham Asylum, she had usurped the identity of Arkham Psychiatrist Ann Carver. Um, well, that's not the same Jane Doe. Because she was mm-hmm. a, a no- notable serial killer who was nuts. All right. Who could mim- had powers of mimicry and disguise. Not mental. So she wouldn't be able to get in his head. Anyway. Right. So definitely not the same person. All right, copy that. So he's free. But I really, like I said, I four-started this issue because the way they told Warshark's backstory could have been done really stupid and boring. But it's told with just the right devices where it still felt you're in the middle of a Watchmen book. And you still don't feel like... Warshark should kind of be unknowable. But in the, this circumstance, since you know, you know it's not the real, original Warshark, you kind of have to understand where he's coming from, why he has that connection. And this actually, I didn't explain it very well. Through the books, it's explained pretty well how he kind of falls into that. How his insanity kind of matches up. And so it really is a neat book. And I, I definitely worth, definitely four stars. Really cool. enjoyed it. And I can't recommend it highly enough. Uh, this whole series has been really, really good. I thought it was going to be a you know, dumpster juice. But it's really been good. So yeah, definitely four well, stars. We're only on number four, and they got twelve to go, and they have like two or three months between episodes. So uh, hey, they better be good. They have eight to go. Well, apparently the delays are all from the artist. 
And considering how well they're mimicking yet improving upon the original art, I'll give them a pass. But it still bugs me too. Yes. Come on, monthly, monthly people. Pepe Larraz wouldn't put up with that. Oh, Pepe, <laughs> Pepe, he's 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 a human copy machine. I swear to God. Well, actually, what's interesting is uh, read the newest issue of Avengers. They actually talked about how all the Hulk action going on in the Secret Avengers compound. Like, basically, they're using a compound that first showed up in issue 13 of the Avengers. And it basically just only showed, like, one room. They showed, like, an outer door in one room in the original book. And so when they're writing this issue, they're like, yeah, there, I guess there's this and this. And then Pepe Raz said actually wrote up a highly detailed map of the whole place. Multiple rooms, fountains, everything, right? And sent to the writer, said, hey, does this help? I just think this is probably what the place would look like. And they were like, yes! They were talking about how Pepe's so awesome, it's the greatest thing in the world, and that's because of that they were able to rewrite the whole issue around where everything is. And if you actually follow the comic, you can see that every room is actually detailed by the, in the backgrounds and how everything moves. Thanks to, And they are talking about how awesome Pepe was for doing that. So hey, thumbs up for Pepe. Yep. Just saying. Anyway, <laughs> that's your Pepe Raz love moment from Garthon's Comic Ball. <laughs> All right. So, for more Garthon, you can check me out on YouTube. <laughs> what? <laughs> you got to every, every Garthon's Comic Ball is a Pepe Raz love moment. That's <laughs> become a thing. I don't know why. It's true. Because he's awesome. Uh, you can check out my teams with uh, that heathen dog cat. You might have heard of him. As we do Star Trek Online on Thursdays, we do Warframe on Sundays. And we've also done, uh, if you look on YouTube, some Secret World Legends stuff. That's fun. And if you're a Patreon subscriber, you could watch us do Reaper-level, difficulty-level missions in Dust Dragon Online, where we get murdered a lot. Murdered a lot. And you get to hear me complain Just and grouse and kvetch about all, that. All the murders. Yep. All and, the murders. Yep, all the murders. It's really quite, you know, it's hilarious, actually. Um, <laughs> so you can check that out if you're a Patreon subscriber. Uh, also, you can check out the streams that we do. Uh... Check out my past streams on YouTube of Final Fantasy XIV, Banner Saga, War Machine Tactics, the game that made me cry. Um, and you also check out our Warframes, like I mentioned earlier. So thank you all very much. Keep on reading comic books. Now in the RNG segment, we're going to talk about a random thing. You didn't say it. Right. We're going to talk about the new Season 1, The Tick, on the Amazon tick. Prime. Only available through Amazon Prime right now. I'm sure yes. Amazon will let you buy it separately at some point on a disc or download, whatever. Um, the first, what was it, six issue episodes were released last year. The last six were released this year. Because basically, like, they were doing... First, they just made, like, the pilot episode. And it was part of the program where if enough gets enough votes, they'll actually make a series. They made half of it, then they made the other half. Um, same with, like, Jean-Claude Van Johnson. Uh, they made one episode and said, hey, you like enough, we'll make more. I like that. Neat program. Loved the pilot. Loved the first six episodes. but And I loved the last six episodes, honestly. Okay. Duncan, um, I say saw a bunch of season one and have opinions. All right, I can understand that. If you're a fan of the cartoon, this does not follow the cartoon pretty much in any way, shape, or form. Oh. Which is not to say... It's bad. It's a different take on the characters. It's a little closer to the comic book. Little closer. Um, it deals a lot with Arthur's. The whole first season is the arc of Arthur's backstory and him coming to terms with what happened and him emerging as a complete person, honestly. 
because um, he starts off as a neurotic, incomplete mess whose parents were killed by the terror. Uh, at at the same time, the terror killed the Flag Five, the world's premier superhero team. Before uh, that all exploded, and the terror died, and all they was left was his teeth. And Arthur's been convinced ever since that moment that the terror is still alive. Well, he killed his dad. His mom and sister lived. Anyway, Arthur's. The tick is an amnesiac who just kind of shows up out of nowhere. Is like so chum, and kind of like latches onto Arthur, which is a lot like how it's explained in the comics and in the cartoon. He just kind of shows up out of nowhere, and he's Arthur's best buddy. Arthur's kind of like, who is this weirdo? Get away from me. And that's very strong in this as well. However, a lot of the ticks is played, of course, for laughs. Uh, there are a couple moments where there's some stronger language, but only the bad guys use strong language, which I like, because they're bad guys. Sure. The bad guy drops an F-bomb, well, he's a bad guy. Yeah. They do that. But it. it's never over the top. Uh, anytime someone dropped a bad word, uh, it was never like I felt like in Discovery when they were dropping f bombs, they did it just because they could. Like, yeah, we're so dark. Yeah, it, it wasn't actually necessary. Right. It had no bearings on the plot. Funsies. It didn't. The first time they did it, it just felt like they did it because they felt, oh man, we've been really tame with the language so far. So we need to ramp that up. Option. Right. With this, like, when some bad guy says, "Oh, you're in a world of shit," you go, "Oh, well, he's a bad guy. They're gonna say that." Um. Douglas says the pace was a little too slow. The tick wasn't Patrick Warburton enough. That's true. It's a very different take than the first live-action tick. It's a lot more serious than that. It's still a very funny film uh, series, but it also has a much more serious air about it, where you feel like there are, people are really going to die. There are real stakes on the line. Right. But it still manages to be lighthearted where it needs to be. So they do, I think, a good job of striking that balance. Um, I didn't think it moved necessarily slow, to me, um, I thought the pacing was pretty good. Every episode ends with a, oh, they're about to, no! So you know, I felt myself going to the next, I was like, I'm just going to watch one episode. Damn it! And I'm going to the next episode. You know, I wanted to. Not like, oh, this stupid shit. No, I was like, oh, it's so good, I gotta see it. A lot of things happen like the first couple episodes tied to the last few episodes. Um, there is some weaker acting in this, and some of the special effects are, all, are downright laughable. Mm. Um, like, there are some moments where they're dealing with a foreign scientist from uh, Armenia. Not Armenia. Armenia with a U. Totally different oh, place. Okay. Uh, yeah. Right. Um, and basically, he shrunk. Like, he had a shrink ray accident, and he was half normal size. But then, he like, he starts having issues. Like, his head goes to normal size, so his body's still little. And there's some... Which is funny, you know... But there's some most of those special effects where it's just like, wow, that that looks really cheesy. Um, but I forgive it in that Evil Dead kind of, yeah, it's a bad special effect, but it's still really freaking funny, so I'm going to give it to you. All right, all right, all right. My level of disbelief is not shattered too bad. I'm still with you. You know, the man with the doll body. Okay, that's fine. Got um, so, but the special effects aren't always the best. You could, uh, I, I thought they would have had a bigger budget. They didn't, obviously not have the greatest budget for this. The But I think most of the acting is actually really good. Um, the actors for Tick and Arthur, I thought, just did a fantastic job. Arthur is neurotic and nerdy, but he manages to do it without like copying the Big Bang Theory, which is what you think they would go for. 
he's not he, he is lacking in self-confidence yet still in the same way believes he's right you know it's like but if you believe you're right and stuff like he believes the terror is alive the whole time the big bad guy terror he's alive he's there he knows but the entire world is telling him he's wrong as that of course causes a lot of anxiety a lot of issues a lot of sleep he has to, he's always doubting himself he knows this to be true He's obsessed with finding it, but everyone's telling me he's crazy. And he plays that kind of neurotic, and he does it so well. And after it's revealed he's right, it isn't an instant, yes, I was right, ha ha, I was right. He's like, I knew it, I knew it. He, it's, he slowly, as everyone else starts accepting, oh gosh, the terror's back, we need to do something. As, as the world starts accepting it around him, he becomes a more complete person, more, not an energetic, you know, ha ha, but a more normal person able to deal with normal things again and I thought that was a really neat trick of the writing and how they were able to do that he never becomes this four star superhero you know chest out thrust you know able to deal with everything don't worry I have a plan he's never that even at the very end he's never that but he becomes a, a whole person at the end and I thought that was a really great story arc cool um, the tick meanwhile I gotta get this actress name. Uh, da, da, da. You can tell that we decided on this RNG real quickly. <laughs> um, it wasn't 2016. Da, da, da. Oh come on! All right, uh, Peter Serafinowicz as the Tick. Okay. S E R A F I N O W I C Z. Serafinowicz? That's a heck of a name, dude. He, I I never thought I would love anyone more than Patrick Warburton as the tick, but I love him at least as much. Different takes on the character, but he really does this great job of, all right, chum. You know, just is able to pull that swagger off. They're like, I'm not sure what's going on, but I'm having, that's going to be okay. I have. Like a, like a, just enough Zap Brannigan to, right. to just keep you going. Right. You know, he's, you know, he, you know, like when he's like being confronted by someone's like, hey, no murder, murder. Like, like when someone dies and it looks like Arthur like kills someone, you know, he takes like horrified like Arthur, are we going to have the talk? It's like, what? He goes, Arthur puts his hand on his shoulder, murder. It's just not cool. It's like the way he's able to pull off that line. I just started dying laughing. Uh, my suspicion Bruce Campbell could have pulled it off too. In his prime, maybe it just yeah, it would have been very now, different. Uh, it would have been ve- now he's too old. Yeah, yeah. But it would have been a very different take on the character. It would have been an interesting take. But Bruce Campbell's always so sarcastic. And Peter Serafinowicz, sorry just brings almost an air of innocence to the character you know where the tick is like in a way like a child where he's unsullied by horrible things in the world and so he just has endless optimism and it's like no that's that's wrong and you know and it's just so great seeing the way he brings that out in the character he does suffer moments of doubt um of course but some usually they're not really that serious like at one part he gets into his head that maybe he's a robot. After fighting a robot who looks very vaguely tick-like, you know, he's like, what if I am just a more advanced version of this robot? 
I mean, you follow your programming like I follow my destiny. What? And so, and at, for like an episode and a half after that, there was like, Tick, can you do this? Affirmative. It's like, you're not a robot, Tick. <laughs> just, just get the ice. And he comes back, I've brought your frozen H2O. Like, dang it, Tick. <laughs> you know, and so eventually they have to, you know, he eventually realized that he's not a robot, you know, Good. but. Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah stuff, I got just you. I got you. great I got you. little moments, great little things like that. So for the, for the first season, what would you give it? Um, if I was going to give it a star rating, I would give it four stars. Wow. I really, really liked it. I might even be convinced to go higher. I, I, I thought the pacing was pretty good per episode. I They didn't go crazy with trying to shove every character in the world out. There's no American Maid. There's no uh, Derfleeter Mouse. Oh, they There's, couldn't even put Deflator Mouse in hey, there? Hey, I'm happy they didn't. Oh, really? Yes. I love how – because you don't want to shove too much stuff in at once. No, but Deflator Mouse. Because he was, he was my favorite. Well, in the Tick Live action, he was Batman well. Yeah. Which actually was kind of funny, too. Um, they they do a neat job, like, introducing, like, past, like, the surviving members of the Flag Five. You know, one of them's the talking dog. Um, uh, here's one way you might have put it. New Tick would be captivated by Grover Ancestry. Old Tick would be captivated by Grover and then call him Daddy. It's that next step to madness that he likes. So, so Doug Knight likes to be a little crazy because he's blue. Like, Daddy. Yeah, this one wouldn't go that far. It's a little more serious, but still managed to capture uh, a lot of humor in with it. Because uh, in previous Tick series, you know, death was not, you know, the terror was not murdering people in pools of blood, you know, which is happening in this series. Um, but the, tick, the, the terror is a highly unstable villain as well. Um it's to me this I, one of the reasons I love it is it rides that edge of believability, where I can almost believe this is this happening. Okay. So, I with just with the, like the, with the very large man and stuff, of course, you know. But I I have a definite feeling that when it goes to season two, you're going to start seeing like uh, sewer urchin or deflator mouse or American Maiders. You're going to start seeing more characters come out. But I really like how for this. Right now, the focus really, even though it's called the Tick, the focus was Arthur's journey. That was this season. They kind of hint like the the Tick doesn't know his past or have his backstory, and he's troubled by that. But he's just leaving that in the back. He has other things to worry about. Um, it's also an interesting thing where he's lost without Arthur. Like as long as Arthur's with him, he's okay. But when Arthur's not there, he's gone. And so I really. They did a great job with that as well. So, yeah, four stars. I could be convinced to go higher. Really loved it. Highly recommend it. The take. Great. Sounds so, good. that's it for RNG this week. You ready to go, Heathen Dog? I can tell you. I am. I am. For some reason, I just got real tired. I don't know why. You didn't have your drink this time. There was no special drink at the end of your segment. There was no, there was no special drink. You're right. Uh, Duncan mm-hmm. I says the previous take series was painful as a sitcom. I do like the four new series and the overall style. Yeah, I, the, I, the previous Ticks uh, live action with Patrick Warburton really tried, I think, to be a cartoon, but with people. And that didn't work out too well, no. which is why it got canceled so quick. It was funny, but it that one directly copied scenes from the cartoon. Mm-hmm. All right, so we'd like you to know International Tabletop Day is 20th of April 2018. So play a tabletop game with your family or friends, completely strangers. Do you have any games you plan on playing? Let us know. Let us know. Like, subscribe, follow. Do those things and let us know what you're doing for a tabletop game, if anything. Heck, do a virtual tabletop. That's fun. Uh, you can send pictures, tweets, and high-end notes of your games, and we might even feature them on the live stream, so go ahead and do that. 
And Legion Myth t-shirt to the one we like the most. Wow, you gotta Ooh, like that. Winner. If you're lucky, you'll get a Garthunk t-shirt, because that's the best Ooh. one. No, I'm just kidding. It'll Legion Myth. So, thank you, everyone. Make sure like Battletech. Battletech like is a Battle virtual Tech. tabletop. Why not? It is. It is. No, no, you have to, you have to actually play the tabletop version. Not a virtual tabletop version. Oh. Actual tabletop version. Well, to count for the contest, yes. Yes. Uh, also, make sure to check out Max Leo and Dolgarian. Max Leo streams Friday at 1900 uh, Central European time. That's noon. Central Eastern? Central. Don't remember. Mm. Ah, and he's doing Planet Nomads. On YouTube, you can check his Surviving Mars as Russia at 345% difficulty. Ah, it's too difficult for me. Yeah, apparently apparently he's got a, 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 a asteroid problem. <laughs> they just keep hitting everywhere. Jeez. Man, heck with that. <laughs> And Algarian is streaming Shroud the Avatar for Sacred Virtues Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time. And that game just launched. He was streaming live for the launch. Big, exciting oh, things. Oh, God, like eight hours, I think. Yeah, so that was awesome. Uh, check out Algarian in the premiere, I say, uh, Shroud of the Avatar stream here with the Legion of Myth. And also you can check out his site, Roleplayers the Avatar, rpota.com, and Soda Help, Shroud of the Avatar Help at sodahelp.org for yep. all your Shroud of the Avatar needs. Excellent. And always, here's our streaming schedule. Now in easier to read format. Sunday at 9, we got the team up with Warframe. Uh, that's 9 Central Time, 10 Eastern. Monday at 8 Central, we have Heathen Dog, doing, right now doing Overlord. Uh, Tuesday at 9 a.m. Central, we got Gary with Shroud the Avatar. And Wednesday, 9 a.m. Shroud the Avatar. Thursday at 9 p.m. Central, we got the Star Trek Online team up with Garth on Heathen Dog. Friday, at 1900 Central European, we got Max Leo doing Planet Nomads. And Saturday at 8 Central, as you all know, we got the live stream. Thank you all for joining us this time. Hope you had a good time. Because we can't do it without you guys. If you see a sword, don't make an arm out of it. Good advice, Duncan Idaho. I'm going to write that one down. Yeah. And also going to make a note for any future doctors. Do not replace arms with a sword or any weapon. Or it, 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 infernal weapon is probably on the do not do list yeah oh I better add infernal I wouldn't mind a yeah. celestial weapon I guess yeah yeah celestial but then I'm gonna be expected cool. to hunt demons all the time nah Probably. any weapon no weapons no weapons alright fine have that done as always you can like subscribe or comment upon this video uh you can do so through many many ways for instance you can do it through twitch twitch.tv slash leashamith through youtube www youtube.com slash c slash legion of myth page uh, you can join our reddit stream at reddit.com slash r legion myth you get all the reddit information on legion myth if you like more with reddit stuff let us know we'll see what we can do there uh, join our facebook group facebook.com slash legion myth you can tweet us at legion of myth we'll tweet you back it's true we do that uh, through discord join our channel there you can get us through facebook messenger or joining our steam group sdq.com slash group slash Legion of Myth. Just in Steam, look for Legion of Myth. Become a member. Hang out. You get the audio version of this podcast through SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, or find podcast aggregators everywhere. As always, if you want to support the Legion of Myth, you can do so through patreon.com slash Legion of Myth. A Streamlabs donation. Streamlabs.com slash Legion of Myth. You can check it directly through PayPal. PayPal.me slash Legion of Myth. Get your gear at shop.spreadshirt.com slash Legion of Myth and be cool. Impress your friends. Shame your enemies into submission. Attract those you wish to attract. Repel those who do not need to be near you with your least new myth gear. And you can also cheer us through Twitch. Example, cheer 100, great job. 
Long watching is the most versatile method. Hey, Valdehar, good to see you there. Shake it, Bacon. Remember, everyone, make sure to like this video, follow or subscribe Legion Myth, and comment live as it happens. And we'll do so for you, too. We'll talk to you. It'll be fun. Melody Minds, remember, you have one life. Live it well. Live it nerdy. And have a great darn one novel. Thank you to all of our viewers and fans.